Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Kane is in the building. All right, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody Second half of the show off and running on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Powered by all four seasons garage doors right here. On 104.5 The Zone, alongside 11-year NFL veteran and Vol for Life, Ramon Foster. Yeah, yeah. Kayla Anderson with a very well-deserved day off an early Saturday for Kayla this morning. And Jonathan Schaefer making the show happen. The best producer in the world! Oh, the world, Craig. The world. Don't you ever call him the second best producer in the world. My name is Will Bowling. His name is Will Bowling! <laughs> you. And don't you ever forget it. <laughs> Whose voice is that at the end, man? John Cena. <laughs> that is hilarious. Robert Walsh, even though it's not. Even though it's not. Yeah, we're claiming I'm for Rob. Coming up in 15 minutes, Eric Kane, VolQuest.com. What needs to improve the most tomorrow for Tennessee to handle business against the South Carolina Gamecocks? We'll discuss that. Get some uh, recruiting notes on the Tennessee football volunteers. Mm-hmm. Can't really recruit right now, but ABC, always be crewing. Always be crewing. Oh, they're always crewing. That's for sure. In man. some way. I uh, want to get his thoughts, too, on the proposed rule changes in college football that we haven't spent a ton of time on this week. We uh, reacted to it, really, as that story broke. What was that, Tuesday? Tuesday, yes. From Ross Dellinger of SI.com, but... Trying to speed up the game, trying to take away plays from the offense, that that's going to affect the Tennessee football volunteers. <clears throat> I, I love the way college is, though, with, with how first down stops the clock. Like, it's such an advantage because I feel like the amateur side of college football, it shows its, it's, it's ugly head at times with, like, freshmen mm-hmm. out on the field and stuff like that. Like, you need that exchange. Uh, they during all of that to speed up the game, but won't stop the fake injuries from happening either. But I'm just a batter of all that can get over the Alabama. I mean, the uh, Ole Miss loss. And they'll still go to uh, the monitor like they do, uh, like Pat Adams does, war hey. criminal, about every other play in basketball games. Yeah, Pat. Not a basketball problem, Ron Slay. <laughs> Pat Adams problem. Apparently but, y'all been beefing this morning, man. Yeah, this is know. good for the soul. It's real good for the soul. I said man. I don't like NFL players telling uh, – their owners to fire the GM and head coach, and then that became an issue. Yeah, well, I think what it is is that's a y'all problem. So I'm gonna stay it out to of the it. NBA. <laughs> I, I even watched the NBA last night. You did? I watched the Grizzlies 76ers game. I watched the second quarter before I went to bed. Let me tell you this: I said this before we came on. My, the way my kids get excited to watch Jaw, I'm sitting there. My youngest, especially RJ, was upstairs doing homework. But my youngest was down there chilling with dad, and we had the game on because <laughs> my brother Renardo was ticked off last night. He was like, look at Joel and Embiid. He's out here just walking up and down the court. They won't make the playoffs at this rate. 
Okay, so Nardo's going off. After the Lady Vols game went off last night, I turned it to the 76ers and Grizzlies. And I'm sitting there with my youngest watching the game, as I said, and he's just like, get a ball to jaw, give it the jaw. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow. He's good, man. Superstars like matter to and the, the high flying aspect of what Ja brings to the game, and not just them, the Grizzlies too. He threw an alley hoop to a bench player last night, did a three sixty. Well, it was three sixty layup in an attempt to dunk. So he jumped off the bench and then alley and then no, the, he was in, yeah, yeah. But but hearing my kid be like, "Get a ball to Ja, give it, where's Ja? Give it." I was just like, "Dang." You, you really like this guy and what he brings to it. He's fun for the league, for that age group. And I'm hoping as far as Ja's sake, and this is a side little nugget, I hope he let his tweets and, you know, outside the court stuff go. He's too valuable to the NBA and to a generation of kids that enjoy watching him to get mixed up into some foolishness, man, because he's. Twitter fingers is hot. I was telling you earlier, like I'm, I'm okay with a team like embracing the brand of a city. Yeah. And Memphis is like the grit and grind and yeah. blue collar workmen. Like I'm okay with them being a little mm-hmm. edgy, mm-hmm. pushing the, the line a little bit. They've, they've stepped over the line a little bit. I feel like over the last few weeks from what, That's from what them. you guys have told me. The thing that, that I hope doesn't hurt the Grizzlies and that approach will is some of y'all going to be free agents. And this attitude error that you're trying to bring to the Grizzlies, and they have. That's their that's their go-to. Like, don't don't burn bridges because they do do a whole lot of trash talking. And I think it's all within the game and the aspect of how their their mentality is of grit and grind. Uh, but they do have a whole lot of extra shoving, jawing, uh, hard fouls that go against the Grizzlies because of how they approach it. So putting the jaw and jawing. Yeah, J.A. But big win for my 76ers last night. <laughs> They're playing the Grizzlies. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Chillin' Mike. Oh, this is new. Chillin' Mike. In Cleveland. Oh. This is a new uh, new intro for Mike. for our friend Mike. Chilly Mike. Morning, Chillin' Mike. What's up, Chillin'? Yeah, yo, what up? What's going on? <laughs> How y'all been, man? Oh, we're great. Y'all been, y'all been chillin'? Yeah, that's what's up, man. Stop, I don't man. know why. Safe, safe, safe does that. Safe does that. Safe comes Stop. up with these nicknames, yo. That ain't me, man. That safe be doing that, bro. Stop, man. Well, he's the best producer in the world. And then you come hey. on here with a soft hey. voice. Hold Stop. on, though. Hold on, though. We, we, no, no, no. we need some backstory to this. So when I play this. The best producer in the world. The world, Craig. The world. That was Mike's idea to add that last part to all of that. Stop. That was Mike's idea. So that kudos to Mike. That, that was, was Mike. Me. Yes. I'm always see y'all don't need they don't even know y'all don't know I'm always lurking in the background just because you don't see me in the chat no Twitter don't mean I ain't hollering at my peoples man don't think out here running wild I see you know uh, conversations y'all ready to repeat talk about the Titans what we didn't already did and failed. Stop the madness. This is insanity. We don't need DeAndre Hopkins. Let's just throw that out there, okay? We don't need to keep doing this, banging our head on this going broke. No reason. We need to sit back, relax, be patient, and develop. Mm -hmm. Because Brable, he ain't on the hot seat. We got a head coach. We have a good owner that has a new GM. He needs to, you know, just pretty much work work his way in work his way in figure out his system but if all if our fan base do what we then did already before 
trying to play couch GM and put the pressure on people from Twitter and with all of these 30,000 podcasts that Titans Nation has to have and all of of that right there, it ain't going to be good. Sit back, chill, be patient, and let them develop. That's all I got, y'all. Much love, man. I love y'all, man. All right, doses. Thank you, chillin', Mike. Wow! Can I be honest for a minute? Go ahead. Just one minute, Shave. Well, you can be honest all the time if you want to. There's a lot of Titans podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of Titans podcasts. Like, yeah. Is it really? I mean, talking about Taylor Lewan taking pay cuts, and then Lewan goes and uh, (laughs) is released like the next day. Like, what are we? That was a hot day for the pod. What are we doing? I mean, it is what it is. A lot of (laughs) folks choose to because that's where they can centrally hear what they want to hear, though. Like, I don't want to give that oxygen, but like, what are we? There's, there's I got a podcast. Thank you, Mike. I I would listen to Mike's podcast. I would love to hear Mike do a podcast. And and I say that in a very respectful way. Can I say something? Yeah. No. I would. (laughs) I'm on board with it. Like, tell us how you really feel because he got to keep it PG. I need him to do it on this show. Yeah. No, I no. want the content here. Oh, yeah. Benefit me. Benefit. What about me? What about me? How no. are you saying it? It's my turn. <laughs> I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. But I'm also going to be honest. There's a lot of podcasts. I, I saw one, man, that, of course, was released some stuff and then worked for a team-centric podcast, which is also backed up by a team-centric like writer. And I was just like, oh, so everything's in the house. Your own source is you, and your own reporting is yourself. So it is what it is. Like a couple years ago when the Falcons reported they were releasing Vic Beasley and somebody yeah. responded and said source and they said literally us the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> that was pretty good I ain't mad at it get your hustle man there's a lot of money to be made on YouTube sure. coming up next uh, Eric Kane will join us uh, we will uh, give uh, uh, our take and his thoughts on what needs to improve the most tomorrow for Tennessee as they host South Carolina a team that is Three and twelve of the SEC. I want to ask Eric Kane, Ramon, is just a win enough for Tennessee to take something positive away from this game, or do they need to show us something more than just that mm. in order to get off the uh, the the slump they've been on over these past couple of games? That's slump next trying. with Eric Kane on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. One zero four five. The zone. Let's see something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Garage doors right here at 104.5 The Zone. The sounds of Rocky Top this morning. 
And uh, Tennessee basketball will hope they'll be hearing a lot of that tomorrow in Thompson Bowling Arena as the Vols take on Lamont Paris's South Carolina Gamecocks, who took Alabama to the wire earlier this week. Haven't talked yeah. a lot about that. With the Bone Foster, I'm Will Bowling. Jonathan Schaefer, our producer, as we are pleased to be joined, as always, by our friend Eric Kane of VolQuest this morning. What's going on, Eric? How are you? Kane. Hey, good morning, guys. Doing well. EK, anytime I have a conversation with you, I tr- almost want to treat it like the Catalina wine mixer and just go, <laughs> pow! That's all I want to do, man, because you're such a good time, EK. I love it, man. Let's break glass. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Eric, what makes tomorrow a success for Tennessee against a team 3-12 and of the SEC in South Carolina? Is it as simple as just win the game, or what else do they need to show us tomorrow? Just win the game at this point. I mean, Perfect. really, like, when you're losing five of your last seven, when you've lost the way you lost here lately, uh, when you get when you gone and then seen your SEC record go from you know really really well to nine and six here lately, you just win the game. And, and of course, you want to get back your guys. You want to get back Triple J. You want to get back Julian Phillips. You have to get those guys back in the starting lineup and involved and everything here for the last couple of games of the regular season. It'd be a good. I think it'd be good to get them back, and we'll see kind of what they are and, and, and who does come back, if any. You know, for South Carolina team to where you should have no issue winning this basketball game. I mean, you beat them by about 40 a month ago. So, um, But I think what's successful, you know, getting a win, because you need to win in the worst way. And, Eric, on the note of the injuries with Julian Phillips and Josiah Jordan-James, I know uh, on the broadcast the other night, um, Jimmy Dykes made uh, a little bit of rumblings just by saying, I didn't see anything in shoot-around that day before Tennessee played A&M that would suggest Josiah Jordan-James couldn't play. Oh, uh, Have you been a little surprised that he hasn't come back yet? What are you hearing about his availability moving forward? Yeah, I just think it's one of those tricky situations where it's it's, it's the injury that he's kind of been dealing with all, all season long. And, um, you know, he was out for the first little bits of the season and, and then he kind of came back and he was giving Tennessee a lot and he was playing 30 minutes and it looked like he was uh, he, he was almost cured of all and then of course he's been out the last couple of weeks so I don't know man it's it's one of those things to where you know Rick Barnes has repeatedly said that the training staff has been working with him and and Julian Phillips and they've been they've been busting it and working and working and working and um, I I mean I think that if he could play he'd obviously be out there because he's you know been in Tennessee for four years and this means something to him and all that but I don't know the the comments from Dykes on the broadcast of the night were were really interesting to, to say to say the least it's almost like calling him out a little bit mm, so, right I don't know um you know we will see but I have a hard time believing if he if he could play he, he'd be out there so you know we'll see exactly what it is tomorrow and that's the question I have as far as, you know, where's Rick Barnes in those type of situations? Because I've seen guys deemed healthy, but it seems like you'd rather go with the bigger picture. Is that something that Barnes has, you know, historically kind of done when it comes to this late in the season in SEC play? Well, I would probably say no because, I mean, bigger picture, you know, long run, I mean, look at you now. Like, you're at the end of the regular season. you got three games left, and uh, you're, you're you're sliding. Your team is in a major slump right now, so – I mean, maybe if this was earlier on the season, being precautious and, uh, you know, some of those uh, non-conference games in the month of November, December, you know, that would make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, here at the end, you've lost five of seven and you're battling for a top four seed for the SEC tournament. Um, I don't think there's any long picture, you know, type situation going on right now. I think you, 
you know, if you're healthy, you play. So I, I don't think that would be the case for right now. Yeah, and, and going into the latter stretch of this season, man, as, as far as how we view Coach Barnes, and injuries are a case, but how do you see this postseason coaching adjustments from him if situations like this happen? Because there has to be a solution, and there seems to be none right now during the latter part of this, this, this regular season. W- what can he adjust as a coach? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question, and there are people that are you know much much more smarter in the the X's and O's in terms of basketball than I am. Um, I just know that you know defensively you're going to get a great effort. You know this defense is as inconsistent as this offense has been throughout this entire season. Your defense has been the top ranked defense in the country for I think 13 weeks now, so you know you're going to get a an opportunity to win the basketball game because of your defense, and and then on the offensive end you just I think one of the worst things for this team has been the inconsistent front play and the front court play, because there's there's as as a defense there's there's no help defense that rotates anybody on the block, and and therefore you know gives an open look for a guy at the perimeter to shoot, and you know it's sure you know Santiago Vesky's had some good games and Ziegler's had some good games and and you kind of pick your poison they they've you know sprouted up for some good offensive showings of late but there's been no one that's been super consistent especially on that front court, and it's been kind of frustrating. So, I don't know, Tennessee's really Tennessee's really one of those teams that just kind of will, you know, find a way to win, shooting, you know, 41%, 42% sometimes, and then they'll surprise you, and they'll jump up and shoot almost 50% from the field and win. It's, it's kind of frustrating in that regard, but it's just super inconsistent on the offensive end. So, I don't know. You know, we'll see exactly if there's any type of changes or tweaks. I know Rick Barnes and staff are trying to work hard to – Put those guys in the best position they possibly can, but I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I wouldn't expect anything super different than we haven't seen already this season. Because you know, if, if so, I think we'd already seen it. Eric Kane, our guest this morning from Vonquest.com. Um, Eric, what is the mood around this team right now in Knoxville? Is it hard to kind of get excited about this team, knowing that just one bad day could end the whole thing? I, I feel like. Vols fans who maybe have the reputation of being a little unrealistic at times are actually being pretty fair about their expectations with this team. Yeah, I mean, it's frustration. Uh, it's not going to lie. It's, it's feelings of frustration, um, annoyance, uh, but also trying to take into account that you're towards the end of the regular season. You, there's still a whole lot to play for. Um, in trying to put away the fact that you were ranked in the AP top two <laughs> A month ago, and then that's kind of when all this started. This stuff started to happen. Um, I think also it's easy to forget that you are missing two starters right now. And I mean, are these guys guys that are averaging 15 points a game in the SEC and scoring and going to be all Americans? No, they're not. But it, it's not nothing, right? I mean, you're still missing two starters. That affects rotation. That that affects how deep you go in your lineup. That affects rebounding. Um, and so I think it's easy to kind of forget that right now because you're you're playing so poorly, but um, I do think that it's just a lot of frustration right now, and it's kind of like a "here we go again" mentality. Whenever Tennessee goes through one of those offensive slumps, every every time they take the court, I think we may have yeah. lost uh, may have lost Eric there. Let's see if we can reconnect with him uh, real quick. Yeah, we got to get him a new cellular phone. That's what we'll call his phone: <laughs> cellular phone. <laughs> lost him there for a second. Got sniped. No doubt, man. And, and you know what's crazy? It's almost like beating a dead horse when it comes down to Vol's issues. For the most part, it's just like you know it's there, and it, everything they have in front of them should be fixable. And I think that's the most frustrating part of it is. 
if, if you, you have these issues that you never really had, then why can't you let them go or fix it? Right. And that becomes, that's why I said when it comes to Barnes, what, does he have to do to change his philosophies if you run into something like this in the postseason where you got a guy down going into a big game and it becomes a, a issue in the first half of the game? Like those adjustments got to get figured out for his sake as a coach, you know? Right. You can't be top two and only be top two whenever you have all your weapons. Like you still got to be competitive. And this kid has been be beyond emotional for the fan base and I'm sure for the players too, Will. Uh, we'll reconnect with uh, Eric coming up here in just a second, uh, see if we can call him back. But uh, it does give us a moment, Ramon, to uh, share a little bit of breaking news in the SEC, uh, a news of local interest. Uh, Ole Miss head coach Kermit Davis has been fired by the Ole Miss Rebels, former MTSU head coach that had them on their Cinderella run and winning a two fifteen matchup in the NCAA tournament, uh, let go today by Ole Miss. Yeah, wow. It's before the season ends. I'm, I'm guessing they're not expected to do much, look like anything. I think they lost pretty bad the other day, if I'm not mistaken, Will. Yeah, coming off a loss to Auburn. Yeah, man, that's that's tough. A rough year for them, for this, sure. This is sports, though. So what happens to those guys that committed to him who are no longer, right. you know, his coach or no longer their player? Got Eric Kane back with us on the line. Eric, we, we had somebody that just really didn't want to hear what you have to say, I guess, sniping you off the phone line. I think we got you back now. I don't know. Ramon needs to buy me a new phone, man. I, I, I told him. You're not even on the cell phone anymore. You're on a cellular phone like you're in 1992 with the big antenna. Come on, E.K. <laughs> we got, uh, ho- hopefully we'll stay connected this go-around. <laughs> no doubt. Um, Eric, kind of shifting gears a little bit for Tennessee football. Uh, enjoyed catching up with Josh Heupel on our show earlier this week. Uh, I know he was able to talk with uh, Vol Club Confidential, what you guys are able to do up there in Knoxville, too. Um, uh, what is kind of the next step for them in recruiting this summer? Just kind of take us through the process of um, when the transfer portal market might be open again uh, for Josh Heupel and that staff moving forward into the offseason. Yeah, of course, there's another window for the transfer portal that will open up again uh, for everybody after spring practice is over. And it won't be open quite as long, but it, it'll be open. This last or the first wave was open for 45 days. And and you saw Tennessee bring in eight transfers, and, and there's 19 new faces on campus right now and uh, for, for spring practice and winter workouts, and that's big. And um, I think the next step is just to you know, hit the weight room hard, uh, you know, put on some of those muscle and, and, and conditioning and everything to kind of better yourself. This is when you, and, and Ramon, obviously, you know this better than anybody, but I feel like this is when you really become a team is in you know these winter workout months. It's sure, you need to be out there on the field and getting better and everything, but these early morning workouts and conditioning and these team exercises and all that type of stuff, that's when you truly come together and you find out the leadership of your team and uh, kind of find out your identity a little bit before you get on the field. And so that's kind of where Tennessee is right now. Um, as far as recruiting, Tennessee did bring in, uh, you know, last weekend a in-state defensive back in Marcus Gorey of Bradley Central who's long and physical and has been liking Tennessee for a long, long time. And, and so that gets Tennessee now three in-state prospects, or three in-state commits, along with Caleb uh, Beasley of Lipscomb Academy and Carson Gentle of, of the Chattanooga area as well. So Tennessee now has four uh, commits so far for the class of 2024. Big-time junior day is coming up, 1st of March, and Tennessee's going to have a lot of elite, high-caliber talent on campus as uh, they try to get some more guys back on campus for uh, spring practice or two. So 
a lot going on right now and then kind of not a lot going on right now. But, you know, that's the nature of a, a dead month in recruiting for February. All right, Eric, i got to be a little bit of a homer for a minute because there is an elite quarterback right down the road from my alma mater uh, named George McIntyre that Tennessee has already offered and appears to be pretty interested in um, one class down the road. It, it, it seems like, too, for the quarterback position, that recruiting cycle kind of a year earlier than every other position, right? So really the the quarterback recruiting efforts for 2025 already well underway. Um, seems like that's a kid Josh Heupel and Tennessee have really been interested in. How much of a priority do you feel like he is for this uh, this staff right now? Yeah, big time priority. I mean, really, it's um, George McIntyre. He came up and he was he camped with Tennessee last summer and uh, did really well. Um, didn't pick up an offer on the spot, but uh, I want to say about a month later, uh, Tennessee did offer him, and and um, that was a big deal for for him and his family. I mean, obviously, his family has strong SEC football ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, McIntyre, he already you know kind of you know has the frame and and the look of an SEC quarterback. He's about six foot three already, and he's only going to continue to fill out in terms of as as he gets older. But he's got a strong arm, and and he's he's really starting to see his recruitment kind of pick up a little bit, not just with Tennessee. But with some other teams around the SEC and obviously the Power Five level, so you're right. Though in terms of the quarterback position, you, you kind of work ahead, a, kind of a cycle ahead. And and the other quarterback that's going to be in that class that Tennessee will likely have a lot of interest in is Madden Iamaliava, who's wow. the younger brother of Nico. Iamaliava. The, <laughs> yeah, the only difference here is, you know, George McIntyre. He's he's played. I mean, we kind of know. You know, he's he's. He's played football before. You know, we, we kind of have tape on him uh, where Madden hasn't done that just yet. He's never been the guy. And so um, those are probably going to be the two quarterbacks of the 25 class. But uh, George McIntyre, in-state prospect from the mid-state, uh, big time on Tennessee's radar. He was on campus earlier in January as well and uh, continues to have good dialogue with Tennessee. He can't. <clears throat> we saw somebody from the state recently, I think just as soon as the transfer portal closed, uh, Walter Nolan, Jr., he posted transfer portal looking good or some clip like that, man. Where is this kid at as far as Texas A&M goes and as far as him jumping in the portal, this would just be his story? I mean, who knows, man? Your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what post you're talking about. I mean, it, it made its rounds and everything. But, I mean, that's just, you know, sadly, I think that's just uh, college football to an extent right now. You have the option of jumping in the transfer portal for a one-time free transfer. Um, you know, what will – it's almost like in every single offseason you, you have to recruit your own guys and have those individual meetings with your position coach and your head coach. And, uh, you know, Walter Nolan's recruitment was, you know, one of those recruitments to where it was, you know, what have you done for me lately anyway? So, I mean, who knows what that situation's looking like down there. Obviously, I feel like it's – not the best cultural locker room, uh, you know, for Texas A&M right now because of the season you had and all that. And they already had a ton of departures anyway. So there's probably some frustration down there. Um, but, you know, for Walter, a guy that does have ties to East Tennessee, of course, played a senior season up here at Powell High School. Um, if he were to jump in the portal in this next wave, who knows? We'd have to see if Tennessee would have some interest. They were certainly interested the first go around and, and were, were recruiting him very hard um and he did play as a freshman so you know we'll have to see that'd be one to obviously pay attention to if he does end up in the portal but um you know who's to say right now i bet there's a lot of people that are still at texas a&m that also want to jump in the transfer portal because of everything going on down there this past season 
Eric Kane, our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Doing a great job covering the balls for VolQuest.com. Eric, appreciate the time as always. Appreciate it, Kane. Yeah, I appreciate it. You have a good Friday. Yes, sir. You as well. As uh, We'll react to that coming up after the break on uh, tomorrow's matchup with South Carolina and how efforts to speed up college football could affect Tennessee. Get Ramon Foster's thoughts on that as well. Coming up next on Ramon, Kayla, and Will, 104.5 The Zone. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just. To do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Seasons Garage Doors right here at 104.5 The Zone. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll announce a winner to head to Geodis Park tomorrow. Big time. Top of the hour. Yeah. You can head to Geodis Park. Uh, two tickets to see Nashville SC take on NYCFC, as well as two man in black Johnny Cash jerseys. Who's a better team in this one, Nashville SC? It'll be a really good game. Those yes. are two pretty equal teams. Oh, okay. NSC moving back into the Eastern Conference this year. Returning a lot of experience. Well, Nashville SC has just upped the deal of their head coach. That's right. Extended the contract of Gary Smith in so, 2025. As far as opening day matches is what I say on that one, right? That's right. Uh, this is the first game of the entire MLS mm, schedule. The Fixture. Fixture? That's, that's teach, a good one. teach him fixture. Fixture. Way. Fixture at the weekend. <clears throat> you don't say Saturday. You say at the weekend. At the weekend. Yep. Does soccer happen on Sundays too? Mm Mm-hmm. At the weekend. Yep. Okay. Um, The club actually left Nashville. But that's neither here nor there. What? This, there was a a spot here, a lounge here at the weekend. This will be an insane crowd tomorrow. It'll be a really good crowd. It's going to be out of this world. It's a blackout game. There there will become fans of this Nashville. More fans this weekend. Good. Good. NYCFC won the league two years ago. Did they? Mm-hmm. They also, play in Yankee Stadium. They play in Yankee Stadium? But, well, sometimes. So They don't have a stadium. SC having their own stadium is a big deal. That's one of the requirements to enter the league. If you're going to be an expansion team, you have to have your own stadium. They yeah. got a special exemption because Yankee Stadium, they were like, oh, that's cool. But their <sighs> field is really small because you can have like different size fields in a league of soccer. And these tickets are very affordable, too. If y'all ain't got anything mm-hmm. going on, man. Uh, go check this out. So go to our most recent retweet on the show and uh, get in there and just like, comment, or retweet, and uh, you got a chance to win. If you're fancy like Will, like there's club-level seating that is very much available for resale, of course, and the tickets are really spot on, Will. Can I borrow some money? Sure. I don't oh, think you need me. You say yeah. That, uh, I, sometimes I just want to see if you're going to say yeah, Will. <laughs>
Um, rule changes in college football to affect Tennessee, uh, one of which would allow the clock to continue to run after a first down starting soon in college football, potentially, if it gets yeah. passed, uh, except inside two minutes. How does that affect Tennessee? Uh, the pace in which they move the ball up and down the field 100% will. Um, also, the amount of plays they actually run a game, that probably cuts them down. So you think this hurts Tennessee more than it helps them? I think it cuts them down, yeah. But it, it, maybe that forces defenses to understand that the, that clock stoppage allows teams to really revamp themselves instead of you slowing down their pace. And it screws over your side of the ball, too, son. The quicker Tennessee scores, the quicker you get the ball back for your own team's sake. Right. Yeah. Let me add this, though. Does it help Tennessee be more comfortable in a four-minute offense? Oh, now that part of it right there, probably not so much. You don't have to slow down quite as much to take time off the clock. Yeah. can keep it moving a little bit. I want to see how hype is going to adjust to it or if there's any adjustment that needs to be made. And, and that's the interesting thing about what you have in Josh Heupel. You don't really have to worry much about that guy going to the NFL. Yeah. Because the wide splits specific to college football and how wide the hash marks are make Josh Heupel's offense what it is. Yeah. It wouldn't work the same. And he would have to really, really change everything in order for that to to work in the NFL. Who's the coach that's going to mess that up notoriously this year? What do you mean? Not realizing that the clock doesn't stop. There's going to be well, somebody. Mike McCarthy's in the NFL. Um, <laughs> who is the Dallas Cowboys of college football then? Um, it's a good question. Yeah. It's, very I, good question. It's, it's going to be somebody this year. And I hope it's not a vol. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, when these rule changes happen, you're like, Butch Jones again? Arkansas State? Uh, is he still there? Yeah. I'm for real. He's yeah. still hired there? Oh, yeah. I know he had an up-and-down season, if I'm not mistaken. He did. How long is, the real question, how long is Lane going to be in Mississippi? I still think he's looking outward. I think so, too. But I think that's also the best place for Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss. I don't know how much higher he can go. With the jobs that he's had, I don't know how much higher he can go, unless he takes over at Texas A&M or something like that. Sure. 615-737-1045, our number. Uh, more quarterback contract numbers out of the universe this morning. Uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini providing more insight on what Derek Carr could end up signing for and that the market for Derek Carr is heating up the teams that don't include the Tennessee Titans that Why are in the are mix for laughing? Derek Carr. Why? I heard you laugh for a moment. What was that about? That's a lie. What? The market isn't heating up, but I'll go with it, Diana. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You want me wow. to believe it, I'll believe Diana it. Diana catching a stray. So no. right now, you pick a number in your head, don't look at the tweet, and tell me how much you think Derek Carr is being floated around to, to sign for. Uh, for per year. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. We're doing a tease. Okay. We're going to do this after the break. Okay. So we can pay our bills. Next, Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Hour four of the week on 104.5 The Zone. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.